Yo, yo, this is Jason Goff from the Full Go Podcast. Me and the crew, we like to entertain you. And we're going to do more of that this football season because the Bears should be more intriguing. There should be more fascination. Justin Fields, is this the make or break year? Is DJ Moore the piece that's going to put them over the top? You can catch us on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays or when we have an emergency podcast when we have breaking news. Make sure you follow the Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Second episode of the week. A little different circumstances. We are <laughs> we are currently in the master bedroom right now. We are not in the usual office. I think people are probably used to seeing the, the mural of me behind me. Yeah, it's not going to be eight. Like what I call Michael Keaton multiplicity. There's like eight of you <laughs> behind you. <laughs> Dude, we're not getting that right now. No, we're not. We're in the bedroom, my bedroom. But we're, you know, we're chilling here on the couch, uh, making making do with what we got. We're having some Wi-Fi issues in the office, so uh, we're fine. This will do. This is, I like the lighting in here. Those are nice. This is a nice setting. It is nice. This is why I'm in here yeah, all the time. Off guard after dark. It could be a whole <laughs> little vibe here. Like a little jazz. Nothing crazy. Uh, oh my goodness. No, this is uh the Wi-Fi is much better in here. It's very clear. So this works. We might have to figure something out here. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. Might be our new permanent no, potting no. spot. Uh, maybe I Your guess. Your fiance is not going to be too happy about it, but no, she doesn't like this. Uh, Halloween's over, and it's officially it's Christmas time. We're going to skip over Thanksgiving. That's Never. just how people do it, man. No, not us. The Mariah Carey song, it's already getting a spike. It is. People it's, are already it's, putting the Christmas lights on, yeah. but Thanksgiving is like, you, you know my mom and how she cooks. Like, it's a big thing. Right. Everybody makes a couple dishes. Everybody has their meals. I don't like that. I don't like when everyone is bringing something to the table. Yeah. Um, I have like a thing. I don't like eating someone else's home cooking unless you're a known cook. Okay. Like when I would go over to my friend's house and they'd make dinner, I used to be grossed out by their by eating. I couldn't eat it yeah. unless it was like really, really good. I think we talked about this before. I couldn't ever drink milk at someone else's house. Yeah, it's just- so I don't know what that is. No, I'm the same way. There's something about it. I just, I can't do it. It's like gross. Serious it, question. When you grab a cup from the pantry, I'm, do you I, look inside the cup? Uh, you got to scope I, it out. I'm but identif- it's offensive to them. They're watching you look inside the like cup. watching you look because they're like, yeah. what the fuck do I look like? You don't think we have clean cups? But it's like, I can't even, yeah, the, the utensils I'm putting in my mouth, I, I the, the food, the, the lady's using her hands, this, that. I, I don't know what they got in the kitchen, the sanitary. Like, I, I can't, I don't like when my mom opens that door. To let everybody like make their dish, or why don't you make the sweet potatoes this year? Like, no, looking no, no. for some consistency. No, you can make them. You you make yeah. them the best. Her food is my mom can. You know, my yeah. mom as a cook is incredible, unbelievable. And I just like when she and it's hard for me to ask that of her. She has to like dominate. 
she has to do too much in the kitchen. Yeah. Like she's in there for like 15 hours. Um, but it's just the food tastes really, really good. Whereas like when we have this year where everybody chips in, it's like she lets our aunt cook the macaroni and suddenly I'm eating the macaroni and, it, and it, it's like, what the fuck is this? Not your mom's macaroni. No, what is this, bro? She's like, well, I was cooking this. I'm like, you know what I mean? So right. yeah, it's nice when like she does predominantly. Do you like, like when the family gets together like that? Because last year I was lucky enough to be invited to your house and you know, Doc was there, your whole family, everybody, extended family, the whole thing. And you were you were hiding out a little bit. You were, there was a little uh, nap situation. We're trying yeah, to get you I, out of there. I, I did. I took a but little. You were nap. also tired. I mean, you were in the middle of your season. I don't like messes in my house. Yeah. So I get really bad anxiety with like a mess in my house. So it is hard. Like when 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 we throw like parties here, like it's fun, but like the entire time I start thinking about the cleanup, the cleanup, and yeah. the food, and the stains, and like you know, we have to like restain our wood um, because we're having some issues with that in the house right now. And like in the kitchen, it just becomes like a disaster, man. I, I also get like a little traffic. When there's like too much traffic in the house, I start like... Yeah. And another thing too is we're not football guys. So in Thanksgiving, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, you watch the Cowboys, the Lions. You I, watch I football could care and, less about right. football to say, I, I don't, I'm not into it. I don't yeah. watch it. I don't like it. <laughs> I, none about me likes football. I respect the athletes that are in it. Of course. But like, I, I don't, I don't, it's not for me, man. Yeah. I, yeah. So like the whole idea of it, I literally just like Thanksgiving for food and I like to be around my kids. And I like to see my family though. I like to see my aunts and my uncles. I like to see my friends. I like to see all that. It's just like, I get a little overwhelmed pretty easily with that stuff. I end up stressing myself out. Um, what's your favorite holiday? Christmas. And you know, I like Christmas and I like the days between Christmas and New Year's too. It's just all fun. That whole time of the year is great. Yeah. Everyone's in good moods. People are giving. Yeah. Um, you know, I like all the Christmas movies. I like now as an adult, I actually enjoy it more. You go through that phase where like when you're, when you're a kid, Christmas is incredible. And then you're like too old for Christmas. So then Christmas really isn't anything except like a date where you hopefully get what you wanted. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Then once you have kids, you get to re-tap in to that, that, like, that old Christmas feeling. You start to get a little bit of that back because like you're like wrapping the presents and you're getting your kids presents and you know, you let them put the milk and cookies out and you're watching the Christmas movies with them. Like you're like starting to get that we're putting decorations up this year. Like it starts to get fun again. I like listening to Christmas music. Um, I, lo I love the holidays. I like Halloween. Halloween's fun. Halloween's just exhausting because it's really like, as much as it's for the kids nowadays, like Halloween's like a party party week. Right. Someone invited me out actually, reached out to me a Tuesday and said, you want to you wanna hit the town? Yeah. I heard it was crazy. I, 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 I was like, do you know me less? Like, yeah. There's no chance I'm going out right I, now. I heard it was nuts down there. Yeah. I, it, uh, obviously, we're here in Florida, so you can imagine, but anywhere halloween's kind of it's a lot yeah it, it, it used to be just halloween that day now it's the entire weekend people partying saturday sunday there's a costume party friday right there's a costume then then we're now we're celebrating how i didn't even know people were going out on halloween because people had been doing so much this weekend but i heard it was crazy tuesday so i'm glad it's over i'm ready to kind of just now get we get to, to the, the good more stuff. wholesome holidays yeah, the good stuff man like thanksgiving and christmas yeah. is amazing and then you know new year's is, is a grown-up's it's going to be wholesome, you know, all the way through until about Valentine's Day. And that's when, for me, it gets it's a little tricky. But we don't, we don't have to tap into that right now. Um, you made a really good point after we were recording last, the last pod. So I'm going to bring it up now. We were talking about how historically people, after they play Team USA, they end up having pretty good seasons in the NBA. You know, be, you know practicing being around good, uh, other good players, picking up habits. Yep. But this year... It looks like some of those guys that came out of the gate a little, a little sluggish. Yeah. Um, I, listen, it's early. I don't want to overreact. 
but you know Austin Reeves, I, you know Paolo, guys like that. Like it's just it doesn't it doesn't it feels like. And D'Lo alluded to it the other day. He said, you know, Austin Reeves might have tired legs. Do you think there's anything to that as a player? Are you? Is it important to come to the season with fresh legs? For sure. Um, you know, I, those guys have been playing all summer. It, it either goes either way. Like Luca played all summer too, bro. He's played for the last and three or four. No summer. offense to those guys that we just named. The toll on his body and hit the load on him every single night out there on the basketball court in terms of responsibility is nowhere in the same realm as those other guys. Right. So. If they don't have legs, that it, it's not really, you know what I'm saying? And like Lucas having, he's probably a leader for the MVP yeah, well, in this early yeah, season. Yeah, he's averaging like 40 right now through the first four games, five games, or 4 0. Like, come on, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, everybody's kind of hooping right now. Anthony Edwards looks solid. Like, a lot of those guys are playing all right. So, I don't want to give Reeves and Paulo excuses, but they have been playing all summer. So, their legs could be a little heavy. Um, we've already talked about Dawson Reeves thing. I, his, his, the bar in the ceiling has been set too high for him right now. I'm not saying he can't tap into that eventually, but people are just expecting too much of him right now, especially when he's on a team where he's not the first option or the second option. He's not even a third option sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, bro, like hold the brakes. You know what I mean? Right. Um as for Palo, Palo hasn't played particularly too well. He hasn't played bad. Right. He just hasn't been him himself. A lot of that, in my opinion, is due to the setup of their team. In terms of just, if we're going to be completely honest, just like he doesn't have a lot of spacing when he's out there on the floor. Yeah. We talked about this. You know what I mean? Um, you have Suggs as your starting shooting guard and you have Fultz as your starting point guard. Two solid players. I like Fultz as a solid. He's a solid NBA player. And, Fultz, and uh, Suggs is a good defender, good scrappy <laughs> guy. He does a lot of the dirty work. But when you have two non-shooting guards who aren't particularly good at shooting the three, you have multiple defenders now kind of sagging and helping in the gaps to where every time Paulo has the ball, it's traffic. So he's kind of forcing tough shots. Him and Franz, in my opinion, aren't getting enough operating room. I think they got to figure out that one and two. If you're going to start Suggs, that's fine. He's a great defender. He can go out there and guard the best player every night. But that means you probably need a, a heavy shooting point guard every night. Right. Or if you're going to start Fultz, who's a pretty damn solid point guard. He's athletic. He can do stuff on the floor. He needs he needs a Gary Harris next to him, right? And, and it sounds like you you both of those players are really good players. Yeah, this isn't about them. It's just at the fit of them two maybe together. Exactly. That that's forty percent of your lineup. I, I'm not that, coming at them individually yeah. as players. I yeah. actually like both of them. I like Suggs. Yeah. I like Fultz. I'm not here to talk shit about them. I'm just talking about sometimes the fit of a team just doesn't work. I mean, Would you rather see Cole Anthony or they've Gary already Harris? done the Cole Anthony experiment? Yeah, you know what I mean. I, so that's why and Cole Anthony actually looks really nice coming off the bench, right? Because he wants to score. They kind of give him that second unit to run. He gets to go in there and just be as aggressive as possible and like just go out there and you know be who he is. He's an energizer guy. He, he he's not always in control, but that's like who he is. You take the good with the bad. He's like Bones Highland. It's exactly what you want in your second yeah, unit. Yeah, your second, second unit. Yeah. You throw him in there, like if he's scoring, he's scoring. If he's not, he's doing other things. You know what I mean? He's right. at the end of the day, he has a quick first step. He's athletic. Like Cole can give you some offense off the bench. I like him as a six-man type guy. But like the way Gary Harris shoots the ball or something like that, it just, in my opinion, it fits more. If you're trying to help out Franz, if you want Franz to be getting these seven, eight assist nights where he's coming off because he can pass too. If you want spacing for Paulo to room to operate and go have a 24, 25 point per game season. Like he needs space. Cause like he's out there with, there's not even a three point specialist in the starting lineup. Franz yeah. is the best shooter they got. They don't have a, a knockdown at the point. They don't have a knockdown at the two and they don't have a knockdown at the five. Paulo's the four. Franz is a good shooter. He's not a guy who's coming off down screens, launching threes. No. 
So like they don't have any shooting in the starting lineup, which is why I think Paulo's kind of struggled a little bit. They need a little bit more spacing, but they'll figure it yeah, out. And they've been a great defensive team. So they have. That's, that's the given. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, exactly because Suggs is a really good defender. Right. I saw him make you know some crazy plays the other he night. He has special moments on no, defense. Oh man, he does. He'll he'll make a play. You're like, wow, that was a hell of a defensive play. Right. So I get him being that guy. They just need shooting next to him. Or if you do go with Fultz, which again we both like Fultz, they just need like Gary Harris. You know what I mean? Like it's just hard to start. You wouldn't start Marcus Smart with a Marcus Smart. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Right. Marcus Smart was always with a point guard that could shoot. That way, he, you're not dependent on Marcus right. hitting shots. If he does, great. And those are the best backcourts. We talked about like John Moran and Desmond Bain make a really good backcourt because they balance each exactly. other they out. Desmond yeah. can shoot. You you have to have a shooter. Right. So one of them has to be able to shoot. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, the legs of the USA basketball, it, it definitely could affect it. But you know, to other guys, the who, Luca point is really good. Yeah. He's played every summer. He's, he's playing. He's playing 40 minutes a night, and he it's on him to like dominate the game. He looks fine. So. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so we're talking about the Lakers. They won a big game last night because the reason it's big, I know it's only the you know fourth, fifth game of the season uh, is because the Clippers, they, they yeah. haven't beat the Clippers yep. in 11 tries. A long time. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about LeBron playing 41 minutes? He was 13 from 19 from the field. It's year 21. It's, a, it's obviously not sustainable. Well, a week ago, they said they are putting a time limit on him and he won't play past 30 minutes. And here we are five days later and he's playing 41 minutes taking over the game. It's, it's, it's as impressive as it is scary. Like It is extremely impressive because what he's doing has never been done before. Yeah. And we've seen a couple other people, you know, on networks talk about that. Just really kind of alluding to the point that we, we've never seen somebody at 38 years old dominate the NBA. Yeah. It probably will never happen again. Um, we haven't even found, you know, I, I saw Kendrick Perkins say something interesting. We're still relying on LeBron to be the face of the league. And he's 38 because we don't have an, we don't have anybody else. Yeah, Jokic doesn't want it. Well, Jokic doesn't want it, and he doesn't have the game for it in terms of style and flash and just like overall fan. Even though I do, th I mean, he's obviously uh, he's must. He, if you love basketball, he's no, he's an amazing. He watch. is much watch TV. But listen, man, there's things that like LeBron and Mike and Kobe could do just from an aspect of an awe standpoint yeah. in the air, the dunking, the moves, the quickness, that the whole body of work. Right? We don't have that. We have good players. Jason Tatum is really good. Luca is really good. No, Devin Booker's really good. Do we have a face of the NBA type generational talent? Like someone who's going to come in and change the game of the NBA? No, we don't have that. Yeah. And I think what people are realizing right now is how spoiled we might have been and how lucky we might have been. People will never be able to appreciate what he's doing. No, we, we had Michael. And then right when Michael ended, we had Kobe. And then we got we got Braun, bro. We've had like yeah. three back to back to back. Like, bro. And then to be completely honest, we've had a couple guys, even in that mix, a Kevin Durant, a Steph Curry, who are also a generational talent. Yeah. And those guys are all old now, but still dominating because that's how good they are. But like, we don't have this new young group of guys. You know, it's just, I'm not saying they're not as, it's just different. Well, the positive way to look at it is that means that there's opportunity. It's up there, for grabs. No, it is up for grabs. The throne's going to be up for grabs. And people want like Tatum and like, like, you know what Tatum needs to do? Like, they got to win one. Tatum goes and wins a ring, it starts looking different. Yeah. Now you got, Luka wins a ring, starts looking different. Zion somehow and that team wins a ring, Starts looking different. It can't be Steph and LeBron and these guys still winning rings and competing for championships. These guys are 37, 36 years old. Somebody else got to come to the plate. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. that's that's the aspect of the NBA, I think, for us to sustain and grow as we do, right? The NBA is getting more and more popular. We need the young talent to be stars. And that's why you saw so much backlash with like the Ja Morant and all this stuff, the Zion shit this past summer. Was, was, was their acts so egregious that like they deserve to be in jail or this, this, that. No, no, they didn't. Well, Zion didn't do anything illegal. He just had some some drama. 
Obviously, John Morant didn't do anything illegal either. He was just doing some silly stuff, or maybe there was some stuff in there that, I don't know, I think they said he might have had a gun in Denver when you're not allowed to have it. And I don't know the ins and outs of the right. rules, but it was nothing where he harmed anybody. It's just that we want these guys to be what we're about to lose in the next five, six years. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the next five, six years, LeBron's not going to be out there, man. Steph Curry's not going to be out there. Kevin Durant's not going to be out there. Who the fuck is going to carry this? Yeah. Even Giannis in six years, we don't know what he's going to do. He's going to be different, man. Yeah. Like Jokic in six years, like we need these guys yeah. to like start elevating not just their play, but like their stature as a person and what they stand for. Like yeah. the things LeBron, like everything and, they're doing, they're posting on social media, their brand, everything they're doing, it's you know, and it's going to become their legacy. So it's like all Anthony Edwards, for example, yeah, who's I think one of those guys that could you know take over eventually. A guy like that, he just needs to build what his legacy will look like. Kobe is the best example of that because I feel like when since he was a kid, he knew automatically he was going to be great and he was always kind of carrying himself no, that way. he carried way. himself. There was the, no silly, I mean, he tried to rap a little bit. Yeah. But it was no like silly Kobe times, no, no, you know? No, but it's like Dame rapping. It's harmless. It's like more so like, well, Dame No, was, he had, Kobe had a good song with Brian McKnight one time. I, I mean, I watched it. It was good. And that's how he met his uh, his wife. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, music video, so yeah. you know, it worked out for him. But um, yeah, it's, I felt like Kobe was very aware of his legacy. LeBron, obviously people around him besides the decision the legacy he always kind of knew no yeah besides besides the decision he hasn't really had any mistakes yeah um and we, you, we, you just want that you want that for these young guys right you you, you need to mark and that's why we market people are always talking about why do they post every post has to be about Lamelo, or why does every post have to be about zion why does the nba only post Wemby? Because they're trying to push a fucking star on us yeah. because we're about to lose all of all of the guys that have been carrying the league on their shoulders we're going to be losing them in the next four or five years. We got to have pl plan B and shit. We even got to have a plan C. Right. We got to have some young talent that people can look at and, and want to watch the NBA still. Mm -hmm. Like if LeBron retired tomorrow, people would be fucking sick. And he's 38. He's going to be 39 in December. The city me was a responsibility. And yeah. back to the original point, I love, you know, I like the Lakers team. Too much is on him right now. It's just yeah. not even fair. It's for, plus minus every game. It's, it's not I look even, at it. I'm just like, bro, this guy is still dominating and taking over the game. And it is amazing. It is crazy to watch. We've never seen it before. He is definitely the GOAT or arguably the GOAT. The fact that he's arguably the GOAT, the only guy that they can... I was talking about this with somebody else. The fact that the only guy that they compare him to is fucking Michael Jordan, you've already won. Yeah. Because it's always be hard to be compared to the guy that was first. If the roles were reversed and LeBron did all of this first and Michael was now, people would be like, no, you don't understand. You didn't see LeBron. Yeah. He went 10 times. He went nine years straight in the NBA finals. He carried, he's all-time leads. You, you would never hear the end of it. Absolutely. Right? The well, and, and also time is is so much on, especially with things like the last dance. Time's on Michael Jordan's side because once last time you saw Michael Jordan miss a jump shot, like you just don't see it. But we see, no, you, tune, you tune in, you see LeBron yeah, you miss see stuff. LeBron airball a shot. And you're and, like, and oh, and Michael, media, and Michael never did that. Like, social media just throws it out there and plays it on loop exactly. and crushes him and Michael, the other Michael's day. more of like this myth yeah. where like you don't even have that where Michael made the same mistakes LeBron makes. I mean the first seven years people the, the biggest myth and we're on a complete tangent here but we're just gonna keep going the biggest myth for me is not a myth, but people just forget that Michael Jordan his first seven years didn't win a title. Yeah. And people always say, well, look, everyone's eating on LeBron's time. Steph Curry, the, the, the Duncan, like all these people, Kawhi. Um, in the 80s, when Michael Jordan was in the NBA, the Celtics won, the Lakers won back-to-back. -back. That's um, true. The Pistons won back-to-back. -back. This is all on Le that Michael Jordan's true. watch. That is true. But people just act like his career is from like 91 to like 98. And like they just count those like six no, titles. No, no. It's true. It's just when he turned that switch. Oh, when he figured it the, out, the, it's the most he, dominant run. He run. never lost. Yeah. It never even went to seven games, bro. 
to LeBron's defense, again, it's a different era of basketball, and the teams that he played with were much against, I'm sorry. were I, I, Listen, I'll say this right now. The, the, the teams that LeBron's lost to would smack every team well, that Michael never played. the best shooter in play. NBA history four times in the finals. Well, not only that, and the best scorer. One of the best scorers in NBA history tagged along with him. And one of the second best shooter in NBA history tagged along with him. That Warriors team would go back and beat the piss out of anybody in the 90s, 80s. It wouldn't even be close, You're bro. Right. So it would go four games. They might win one. They might win one that game. That 2017 is the best team I've ever seen. Uh, I, I'm not old enough to look back bro, at, you know, 86 Celtics war, or 90, the, the, the 2000, 96 the, Bulls. I was, you know, you know. Any of those old. Warriors teams, bro. Yeah. Any of those Warriors teams, but especially the team with Kevin Durant, especially the team with KD. You put that team in the 90s or early 2000s, it's not, it's not going to be competitive. You know, a team that would, I would love to see a matchup with for them would be like Kobe Shaq in their prime. It's hard. How do you guard Shaq? How does Shaq guard them? They were on a different level. There, there was a playoff run in 2001. They only lost one game in the entire playoffs. It was an overtime game against Allen, Allen Iverson. Stepped over Ty Lue. Had a crazy know, game but, just to win one but game. But that Philly team was, was absolute... Looking back, no offense. You know, that team no was offense to George Lynch, Aaron McKee, and some of these guys, Eric Snow. That team was that team was that team wasn't that great, man. Yeah. I, I, Iverson really like was on some fucking legendary carry them on their back shit, and I, and those guys were solid players, had hell of a careers. I'm not talking, I'm not talking anything individually about Lynch or Eric Snow or well, they played Ge a role. Geiger, Matumbo, whoever was on those teams. Those guys were all great players in their own right. No disrespect. We're just talking from a team aspect and gameplay. The evolution of basketball is undefeated. Football now, guys are faster, quicker, stronger more athletic than they were 30 years ago. It's the same thing with basketball. It's the same thing it's going to be 10, 20 years from now. It's like that in every aspect of business. It's like that with science. I could, if you'd go take a sports car that came out in 2023 and try to drive it versus one that came out in the 90s, I promise you, one, the, the 2023 one's going to get to the finish line first. Because what's, so, this, what's this stuff? Like your iPhone has more powers than any like NASA computers from the back in the day? Like, back, yeah, it's yeah, just like, course. bro, like just time is undefeated, bro. Evolution is undefeated. People right. evolve and so is, so is the game since it's played by people. That doesn't mean we don't love, I mean, we no, have no, no, a no. segment called Austin and Sauce where we talk about the past. Yeah, so obviously we don't, we, that doesn't mean we don't like, love it, exactly. the past. I don't want people hearing this and be like, oh, he has no respect. No, me and you are actually the complete opposite. We have only the most respect for the 90s. We literally allude to that almost every pod. Those guys were figuring out things on the fly. And pushing the envelope, that's how we got to where that's we are That's how today. we got here. Yeah. By the way, it's the same thing. If we went back to the 90s, I would be saying the same thing then about people versus the 70s. Right. It has nothing to do with them. Yeah. This is the same thing I'm going to be saying 20 years from now versus, versus me. Yeah. Like my son, when he plays, those guys, when they get older, they're going to be doing stuff that I was not doing. Right. I, I, they're, they're just going to be better. Absolutely. I'm glad you're saying that. It takes a lot of humility because a lot of people just are, a lot of former players or players can't say that. No, they hate, they hate, bro. And I the see, ones that do, you just, it's a breath of fresh air. Bro, I see guys on podcasts all the time. I'm not going to say no names. I don't even have to say name. People know who I'm talking about with some of these guys. They get on these podcasts and like, or their, their, their media show, whatever you want to call it, if it's on, you know, whatever network. And they like hate on this young generation, man. These guys don't play hard. They're not physical. They, man, I would have, man, this dude, like, bro, just shut the fuck up, bro. You sound silly. Is yeah. the game as physical? No. Has the game lost a little bit of something that it kind of had in the early 90s? It has. We were just yeah. talking we're not about- We're taking away from the toughness. No, yeah. We're not taking guys. away from that, man. Yeah. You guys played a different era. You guys had a practice- I saw a guy playing a neck brace. Yeah, like, neck yeah. brace. <laughs> That's, I, I told you, I asked your mom one time. I think I mentioned it on the pod. I was like, what's the biggest difference between now and back then? You know, when she was watching your dad and everything. She's like, those guys just played. And, and, and they had they had no power in terms of like player power. I yeah. mean, we got guys now. Look at what James Harden's been doing the past five six years. Uh, ben Sim, I, the, the list goes on. Any of them, all yeah. of them. 
player empowerment's different. Guys sit out games now, but there's a reason why after they're done playing, you know, they're they're, they're walking down the street. They're not knees aren't touching. Yeah, those guys, I give them this utmost credit and respect because they had to play through different type of injuries that like our generation, my player that was playing right now, we just didn't do. It's even changed from when I first came in the league yeah. to now. Totally different. Who era. Were you some of your vets when you first came in? My vet was like Roger Mason. That's the only one. He was with the MBPA. Yep. That's the only vet we had. After that, it was wild. <laughs> we were also, we won 17 games or something like that my rookie year. We were, that, there's yeah. a reason why. We were absolutely awful. As people don't understand, I've seen both sides, man. I've been on the, these shitty teams that we talk about. I've been there. Yeah, and then I've been on teams that like went into the year like, yo, we could win this year. Like it's right. you know I've seen that. So you're I, a good example because like you said you've played in the NBA so far, eleven years, and you're like one of those people that we like our generation. We were there before social media and a little bit after, so we yes. can tell both sides of the tale. I got to and play. Those people are getting are getting pushed out, but yeah, yeah. I got to play high school and college like with Instagram and Twitter being new and not really a thing. Yeah, I didn't have Instagram or Twitter in high school. I didn't. There was no nil deals. There wasn't any of these uh, things. You would have made a killing. Oh, I said that one time, and people like got mad at me because I said I'd make millions in high school to think otherwise you're either you're, you're one delusional you were the number one player in the country your last name was rivers all these things put had the everything there yeah. that's just like you're, you're just a hater if you don't even believe in that yeah um you know I, I see people say stuff all the time about stuff like that uh but whatever you know the game has just changed the game has changed the evolution's changed people play through injuries have changed the game style how talented and skilled guys are everything's changed people need to understand that the game is getting better in terms of skill level. Maybe you do lose things. There are some bad things. We, we, we don't have... Stars used to play every night. Yeah. Unless they were really hurt. We don't have that right now. Yeah. That sucks. Um, you know, the entitlement, you know, that that wasn't there as much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand all that and I actually agree with all that. But, you know, a gift and a curse, ups and downs, you know, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it just, it is what it is, man. And you're, uh, there are timeless guys though that would be good in any generation. Can you think of any off the top of your head? That Mag would be good? Ma Magic Johnson could play in any era of the NBA. Michael Jordan could play in any era of the NBA. And for people who are like, well, Michael Jordan didn't shoot three well. If Michael Jordan played in today's era, he wouldn't be in the gym shooting just 3,000 mid-rangers. He'd probably be shooting, you know, five, 600 mid-rangers and then he'd, he would get behind the line and shoot 2,000. Yeah. People talk about Michael's work ethic, Isaiah Thomas's work ethic. If they played in today's era, they would be doing our drills. Right. They would be disgusting. If my, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, ain't nobody blocking that shit still. If you threw it down to him right now and this guy hits you with a little shimmy and a hook, Hakeem Olajuwon played in any era, he'd dominate. Shaq would dominate in any fucking... Sha Shaq's just ridiculous. Yeah, Shaq's probably the, the guy I was thinking of actually asking Prime Shaquille O'Neal, bro. Like early Lakers. Early Lakers and even mid-Lakers. It, it was unreal. Uh, it, there's nothing like it. Yeah. There was nothing like him. Even Orlando. There was nothing like that guy. That yeah. guy would dominate in any era you throw a basketball. And we haven't seen... You know what's crazy? We haven't seen a fucking... People talk about LeBron. We haven't seen a fucking guy like Shaq. Shaq was like... We haven't seen it. Yeah. You could say people were saying that Giannis was like, he's like the modern day Shaq. Yeah, but it's as just far as different. like the numbers, yeah, the 32 yeah. and 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looks different. It's like 2023 version of yeah, it. Yeah, like a long athletic, more guarded oriented version, yeah. forward oriented version. But like uh, in terms of a center having that type of power, and he played in an era with actual centers. Yeah. If Shaq played in today's era, these centers are a fucking joke. No disrespect. With the exception of Jokic and, and Embiid, there's a couple words off. We're, we're no, no, no. There's other, but, there's other guys who are good right. players. I don't. I, they're just not. Your, I know what you're saying. Nineties, the golden era. Of the, uh, they're the, not the, ideal centers. They're more like these about guys. The Robinson, the yeah, Ewing, the, yeah, the Shaquille, bro. the Hakeem Olajuwon. He's going to get real shot blockers, right. real physical play, and he still made them look like children. In today's era, we have bigs who are like picking and popping and shooting threes right. and want to be guards and are like, 
you don't really see. It's just a different era of basketball. It's also one thing that Kobe got um, that was very, he was very fortunate in his career is that, you know, a lot of guys, we talked about Michael Jordan's first seven years not winning, losing to the Pistons, you know, three times in a row. LeBron, those years, you know, kept coming up short and he was getting a lot of criticism. Kobe, his second year in the NBA, had four all-stars on his team. Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, Shaq. He came off the bench, um, started in the all-star game there, which is crazy. And he ended up winning, a, he had the MVP of the NBA on his team in 2000. They won the title. He won three titles. He got that monkey off his back really early. And then he could just focus on being great instead of getting all that yeah, other yeah, stuff. Yeah. So that, he was really fortunate. Same with like Tim Duncan, playing with Popovich and, you know, Dave David Robinson, Robinson yeah. and a team that was just built to win automatically. Uh, we, Goes back to our pod's uh, theme is opportunity is it's people don't opportunity understand opportunity and situation is everything. It can right. make or break a player's career. Where would Draymond Green be if he didn't go play for the Warriors? What if he got drafted by the Clippers and he was playing behind Blake Griffin? The fucker wouldn't have seen the court. Yeah. No disrespect, he just wouldn't have. I mean, if David Lee didn't get injured, David we don't know Lee, what could happen. Exactly. Yeah. He goes there, he's only really behind David Lee, who's good. He wouldn't know fucking Blake Griffin or anything like that. Yeah. Or any other like star power forward. What if you got drafted by Memphis? You, you gonna play over Zach Randolph? Like you guy went to saw the court, bro. Yeah. No offense. Do you put he Kawhi goes, Leonard in that situation where he got drafted by the Spurs? Absolutely. And, yeah. You get to go somewhere and develop and play, bro. Once you play and you play well, then it's a wrap. Now your confidence is not only there, but now the league sees you as a good player because you've played well. Yeah. So now wherever you go, you're gonna play. Right. Like once Draymond played well and showed not only he could play in the NBA because Draymond's a good player. Draymond dominated at every level he's been at. He dominated in high school. I don't. People don't really understand because people always talk about how non-skilled Draymond Green is. You need to go look up his fucking Michigan State highlights. He was averaging a triple double damn near in, in, in college. Oh yeah, I mean the guy. But the people now are like, skilled. he shoots like he has a backpack on his back, or he's not even skilled. He just plays with good shooters, bro. There's a reason why no other forward out there looks good with Stephen Clay and Draymond does. He's a very high IQ basketball player. He's a highly skilled. He's just not a typical scorer. So people like kind of talk shit about Draymond, not understanding that he affects the game in multiple areas, not just right. defensively. We know that offensively, his vision and knowing how to play the game, like you could watch him play. He's like telling him like he the whole time he has a little magic in him. He's created to, a, a position where now I'm looking at teams like the Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum teams or like Trey Young teams. I'm like, man, they could use a Draymond. All of them that, could. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's something that you would never have thought about before until Draymond came around and exactly. invented it. Exactly. And he yeah. wouldn't have got that opportunity if he wouldn't have drafted to the right situation. We would have never saw maybe Draymond's greatness right. as, a, as, a, as a really good... He is, what I always tell, he is like the all-star of role players. Yeah. He is such a good role player that he was able to actually have an all-star career, make all-star money, and he'll make the Hall of Fame. Dennis Rodman was never a guy that you played through. He wasn't the star of the team, but he played his fucking role so well, he made the Hall of Fame. You know, Pat Beverly always says that line, know your role, it could change your life. And Draymond is like literally the epitome of that at the highest level. Right. So, you know, situation is everything. All right, let's get into some of last night's games. We talked about the Lakers Clippers a little bit. What were your big takeaways? Kawhi looked really good. Um, it was well, good to I, see. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. We already talked about the Lakers. They're, they're relying too much on, on Braun. Mm -hmm. We know that. AD needs to have an MVP-like season for them to be any type of level of success. And he's got to stay healthy. Role players have to play well. D'Lo has to be consistent. And he has. He looked good last night and he looked good the game before. I love what I'm seeing from D'Angelo Russell. Reeves has a slow start, played great last night. He had like 15, 7, and 7. That's where he needs to be at. Reeves has to average from like 13 to 16 points in that range. Low teens, maybe mid-teens at yeah. best. You know, they're still missing Vanderbilt. Who's an energy guy. He'll help them out on the board. I thought he was great for them last year after they picked him up. He so, was. Yeah. So that'll, we'll see how he is. He just got paid. We'll see how, where his mind's at because he's never been paid before. This is a guy who didn't really have much, kind of came from the gutter, was in the NBA, not really playing a lot, played a little bit in Minnesota, goes to the Lakers and really like finds this fit and role. Got a little check this summer, 
you got to see him come to the table yeah. and really show that. Gabe Vincent has to. I, I don't. I don't know. He's he was hurt last night, but yeah, that he's got to play well. Um, that's the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like the role players have to play well. LeBron has to be solid. He has to watch his I like minutes. Christian Wood was good last Christian night. Christian Wood has been actually pretty solid for them. He's got to continue to do that. It'll alleviate the pressure on Anthony Davis. It really will. If he plays well, can it help him? That's them. Anyway, I just want to mention one thing too. Cam Reddish's defense last night, he picked it up a little bit. That's what he has to be. Yeah. He's not. But he's never had to be that in his whole career. So I, I know, but it's, either get with it or get out the league. He's yeah. been on like four or five teams now. Yeah. He is so talented of a player. It actually frustrates me and frustrates people when you see him like not play well or when he plays. This is the only thing I have to say about Cam Reddish. He plays too fucking cool. He's like always just like in this little like cool, like brother, there ain't nothing cool about playing cool. Girls and people, they like ballers. They like hoopers. They like dudes that, they like the dudes that get down and go after it. They like guys that perform. You want to be cool, you want to look cool, go hoop. And he's actually nice as shit. He got a first off, he's got a cannon. He can shoot the shit out the ball. Yeah. He's athletic and he has good size. If that fucking guy locks into just defending every night and hitting the three, he's irreplaceable. They'll sign him back for 40, 50 million. Yeah. He'll make a shit ton of money. We just said it five minutes ago. Know your role could change your life. Last night, Cam Renners is out there sliding his feet, hitting trays. Now you have to play. Right. So really happy for Cam Reddish. Keep that shit up. Um, I don't want to talk about the Clippers because we don't know. Until James is on the floor with him, there's no point even getting into it. I just want to bring up one thing. Go ahead. Okay, two things. One, um, you know, my buddy Chandler was teammates with Cam Reddish's rookie year, and he was like, this guy, is un- this guy has Paul George capabilities yeah. in practice and stuff. So he has that, the talent. I know, I, like that, that is why right there, that right there, that is what's hurt him. That's what hurt him right there. Because that's what people compare him to because he is really good. He has Paul George. I don't need that. He's not, bro, listen, I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. I'm going to compare Cam Reddish to myself. I had all, I still do, have all the capabilities of being a 20 point per game scorer. People can laugh what they want. You should come see me play pickup or anything with any of your favorite stars and then maybe you could like actually see how nice I fucking am. After your first couple years in the league, that ship has sailed, brother. I'm not saying you can't develop into that, but like, I used to fall into that. People like, yo, you got scoring ability. You could be, listen to my friends, listen to my teammates, some of my, you know, my family. Like, yo, you could average 20, you could average 17, 18 a game, bro. You're quick. You got that first step. If someone just gives you the green light, once you're drafted by a team to be that and it doesn't work out, once you go to a new team, you're not their project anymore. You're not the guy that they drafted. So their investment in you isn't the same anymore. They're now, they're now taking you on to be a guy that hopefully can flourish in a new system. In terms of Cam's you know, point, he's already been on three spots. He was in Atlanta. He was in New York. He was in Portland. Bro, the, 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 him being a star experiment is done. He needs a, that needs to get out of his... That shit, Paul George comparisons, he ain't fucking Paul George. I'm not saying he can't be. I'm not saying he's not good enough to be that. I'm just giving you the reality of the situation. The theme of today's pod seems to be know your role. If Cam locks into just being a defender and hitting open shots, he'll play more. He'll play more. And then and then you might get the opportunity to do then a little that, more, then, show then your wiggle. Rope, then that rope gets a little longer. Yeah. Next thing you know, like now you're out there playing 35 minutes and then like sometimes, you know, the, the star player is not playing so well. So now you get a little more aggressive and you start hitting shots. Right. Oh, Cam Rush had 20. Oh, Cam had 20 again. Yeah. Oh, Cam had 17. Oh, this guy can't score. Hey, Cam, we're going to run a couple more plays for you now. We're, we're going to throw a couple more actions. Now you're getting the ball. That's how you get there. Yeah. You just don't. 
he, he's like Paul George and try to go out there. That's not who he is. Not anymore. That ship has sailed. He's got to kind of start ready right now. He needs to lock in that nothing's promised for him. He, Cam needs to approach every day like nothing is promised. No privilege. I'm glad to be here. I'm going to be a fucking defender and I'm going to hit the open three. And I'm going to lock in on that. And I'm going to be great at it. And he's going to play a lot. And the more he plays, the more that shit he has in his bag, which I know Cam has because he's nice as shit, it'll show. That's what he has to do. The next question I had for you, you said you don't want to talk about the Clippers anymore until we see them with James Harden. I just want to say, I know you saw Terrence Mann's reaction when James walked into the locker it room. It was comedy. I don't know what that was, but it was... It was, it was what was that? Well, I, I think he was just like, I don't know. What that <laughs> was, man. I, I, I don't want to overreact to it, but everyone in the comments, like, you know, today's world, you can't do anything, man. This guy's just on his phone and he's like looking up at this. Now everybody's, he's seeing his minutes, to, you know, dwindle as he right. walks in. Like, it's crazy. Like, Terrence didn't do anything wrong. He's just on his phone and he's just like, he only acknowledged Russ. Yeah. James like walks in, he's like, what's up, bro? Terrence just like, that's all that that's was. That's a really good point. Okay. I'll let it go. We'll you know what I'm saying? Like, let's not be too hard on him. Did you see that video of uh, Mike Brown yelling at the Kings? Uh, I sent it to you. I don't, is that, you know, I need to know as a player, is that normal? Do, do coaches get down like that and yell like that? Because Mike mm -hmm. Brown was, he was, I didn't, I think of him as like this really super nice guy. He did turn the Kings franchise around. Um, have you had coaches that kind of get down? I mean, you, you've been coached Absolutely. by some tough the good guys. Ones. Yeah. The, good, the good ones. Yeah. I've played for some coaches who are quiet and like don't stay, don't say shit and then will like just not play you and not communicate with you or like talk shit behind your back. Yeah. Like I, I've dealt with both sides and then I've dealt with coaches who like give accountability. That's accountability in my opinion. If anything, if you're a pro, you, you're paid to not only perform at a high pressure, you're, you're, you're supposed to get paid to deal with that. That's part of the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're supposed to act like a pro. So if a coach is yelling at you, you throwing a tantrum or doing, that's high school college shit, bro. Right. So it's like, just because you're making money now don't mean you can't listen. Absolutely. So like Mike Brown has turned that whole franchise around and not just him, the people he's brought in. You got to give them all credit. Jordy, their d defensive coach. I had him in, um, in Denver. He'll probably be a head coach soon. He's been fucking crushing it. Uh, he coached Team Canada this year, the Canadian team, okay. which won bronze. Um, all those guys have helped turn that program around. But with Mike Brown at the top, at the helm, that is accountability. And that's why Malik Monk is thriving because he was yelling at Malik. Yeah, Remember, he started screaming at Malik. That's why Malik Monk is playing so well. We're talking about a six man of the year. Six man of the year candidate. Favorite, this guy's yeah. instant offense. That dunk he had undone the other night was insane. Shoot off the dribble, all that. He's always had that. But now he's in a situation where his coach is holding him accountable. And through that's giving him trust, giving him the green light. He lets him shoot all the shots. He lets him do his thing. Yeah. But when you do that and you call out a good player like that, everybody else on the team, like, man, I'm not going to do what he just did. I got I to gotta lock in. He was... He was jogging back on defense that one time. I got to run. It yeah. just it just sets a standard. If you jogged in Popovich's practice, you know what happened? That fucker would cuss you out. You, how was Coach K with you? He would, bro. What? <laughs> I know how he was, but let me tell you the story. Get a little... I remember one time we had we used to have open practices where we used to scrimmage, and we had he he used to like invite I don't want to say invite celebrities, but he'd have like just stars at our practices, and it is Duke. We had like Peyton Manning used to spend a lot of time there rehabbing and stuff. Peyton Manning came to a practice. Spike Lee was there. Crazy enough. Like this, these are people at our practice. So as a player, like he's like, we're going to scrimmage today. Guys are a little amped. You know what I mean? Like we're young kids. We grew up seeing Spike Lee, grew up seeing Peyton Manning. A lot of these guys are our heroes. Like I was ready to kind of turn up. I was the number one player in the nation. I felt at the time, you know, I knew it was going to be my team in terms of the team was going to be played through me. 
Um, and I went into the practice like super like, you know, I was feeling myself. I was ready to go. And I don't know. I probably just doing that. The cool shit. Me being on that cool shit. The shit I just talked about. It, it definitely triggered him. He screamed at me and yelled at me the entire fucking practice. The entire practice, man. Just like, you know, you, you fucking, you out here just fucking around. You're not in fucking Winter Park anymore in your life. <laughs> He's like, you're not in your fucking nice neighborhood. You know, Mr. Mr. Basketball, fuck out of here. Da, 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 da. Like just talking to me crazy, bro. I wanted to cry. I was so embarrassed. It was me and Quinn Cook. He was on me and Quinn, bro. Just from like, just, I think he did it just to do it. But in my mind, I'm like, why is he doing this? Like, he's got to yeah. be in a dick. Like, I was trying to like perform and show out in front of like, you know, Spike Lee and all these celebs they had there. And they had like a little crowd and other coaches come to watch. A coach's clinic was there at the same time. But there's a whole people, bunch of people there. You had an audience for you to just get chewed And I'm just out. getting embarrassed, bro. Yeah. And the assistant coach came to me after. He's like, you know why he did that? He said, like, because you and Quinn think y'all have done something just because you're playing minutes as a freshman. You, he said, like, whatever you did in high school, no one, it's over. What are you going to do now? You, you came to practice 30 minutes early. Everyone else, some of the other guys were here an hour early. You already strike one with a coach. Going through the motions, being your cool shit. You went over and talked to Spike. Some of the other guys are shooting. You're trying to network. That's not, that's not what they're here for. Strike two with, strike two with Coach K. Then like you come down, you're trying to score buckets instead of, you're trying to put on a show instead of hooping and competing and that being the show. You were trying to do what's best for you. Strike three. And after that, it was all bets off. He was going to make it a point to fuck with you. And Coach K is the type of guy, like he'll have the coach talk. He ain't going to explain that to me. I'll have to figure it out. Otherwise, he'll be on my ass again the next day. That's why I loved and appreciated Coach K. Some of those little things in the moment as a kid, you don't like, you don't understand or take for granted. You you know, or you do take for granted and you don't understand he's trying to mold you and, and, and help you mature and go about things differently. And like, if it weren't for those times, I probably wouldn't have been able to deal with my first couple of years in the league where the things weren't really going right for me. That, that really helped me. So if he was that mean to you, you know, when things were, when you were trying to be too cool, how did, how did he talk to you after you made that shot against North Carolina? But the thing had changed. I had the whole dynamic of how I approached changed. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just want to okay. make sure he was showing you equal love. No, no, he was. I mean, bro, when I hit that shot, man, I remember walking back and like, it was chaos after the game. You know, I'm walking back in the tunnel. My, my, my mind's spinning. I just realized what just happened. All the coaches are in the locker room. The door's closed. He's the only one outside. He has his arms open like this. And he had tears in his eyes. And he just told me to come give him a hug. He goes, come, he goes, come give me a hug. And he hugs me like tight as hell. And he goes, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Um, and he goes, it's not just because you hit that shot. It's because you shot the same shot that you missed last week versus Miami. And you trusted yourself and you held yourself accountable. I'm going to shoot this again. I'm going to come through for my team. And you did. And he's like, I love your growth. Stay hungry. This doesn't mean anything. Keep going. And like those moments I have with Coach K, I still take to me now. He knows, especially in today's NBA, where you get these top talent, or today's NCAA, when you get these top talent, when he changed his recruiting style, it started with Kyrie. Most guys that went there were Nolan Smiths, John Shires. These are three, four-year guys where he had time to mold. When you only have six, seven months to mold a guy, things kind of change a little bit. You know what I mean? And he had to be probably hard on me. He, he knew he only had so, so long. He knew I was going to the NBA after one year. Everybody did. Everybody knew Kyrie was going. And after that, he was getting multiple guys. We don't have to go through the list. Cooper Flag next year, it'll be another guy. He's going to be hard on him. It's great for you. Embrace it. Understand you're young and you don't know shit. 
Uh, it's so hard these days with the fucking transfer portal. These coaches can't even be like that because if a kid not feeling you, he'll just transfer to another fucking school. Right. When I played, if you transferred, you had to sit out a whole year. So you really had to, these coaches really had a, had power over you. And by the way, I do agree with that because I don't like, if a kid goes to a different school, he shouldn't be having to sit out. It's fucking silly. If he, it's about them. Yeah, we just wish maybe kids would stick it out a little stick more. Stick it out a little bit more. Yeah, it's like you can't have everything though. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know how to fix that. But yeah, it's, uh, he was hard on me and it helped me for sure. I just want to say before we take a break, Corey Maggetti, I think, was the first ever one and done. He was, Duke. but that was he came off the bench. But they didn't like that pick. he left one. He didn't yeah. like that. That was not a thing that Duke wanted back then, or right. really any college was doing. Calipari was, if we're going to be, he was like the the guy. We're talking about who started this one and done era. Yeah, Cal, Calipari did it and started having success with it. His teams were winning or competing to win. And Coach K was like, I need some of that. <laughs> and then once, you know, once you have a team like Duke or, or you know, a program like Duke doing it, there's, th that's why we're running it now. Calipari looks at it like, shit, I started gosh, that. Damn it, I started that. <laughs> now this fucking guy's taking a lot of my guys. You know what I mean? Calipari's yeah. still getting great players. Look who's in the NBA right now. But, um, you know, yeah, Duke's up there too now. We're getting a lot of just as many, if not more, than, yeah. than, than uh, Kentucky. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right now we are. Yeah. For sure. All right, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. All right, so last night, the Thunder and the Pelicans played on TNT. I know you watched the game. What were your big takeaways? I, in the beginning, I, I mean, obviously, the Pelicans missed 19 straight threes. You knew eventually they were going to start making some. Yeah. My big takeaway was Jordan Hawkins' fourth game in the NBA shot 13 threes. What a talk about a green light. Yeah, they're letting him fly. He did that the, <laughs> yeah. the game before. He had shot a lot, too. Yeah. Not 13, but he's been letting it fly. Every yeah. time he gets the ball, they're telling— Well, I, first off, I heard he's like a generational shooter. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Um, so— with guys like Zion on the floor, you need him. Yeah. You give CJ... It's the same thing we talked to Paulo, right? You put a Hawkins on the floor, allow Zion, CJ, who's a good one-on-one -on -one player. That's pretty much what he does. Brandon Ingram, when he gets back, these are guys that like to operate and they need space. Right, even... Yeah, there's space created because, I mean... Uh, him and Murphy. Daniels had open threes and he's not much of a... You know, no, he's, he's more yeah, of an athlete, he's, but... He's open all game. But, yeah. like, but like, a guy like... Um, like Trey Murphy, that him being out is... Yeah, yeah, when they get him back, though, you know... Murphy is is lights out from three, and so is um, Hawkins. Also, Murphy with a little balance. Remember the dunk contest? I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, no, he's talented. He's a talented player. Yeah. So they actually got some young talent down there. No bullshit. I, I actually like their team in general. Um, I don't know if they're like a finals team, like some of these people have said, but I guess if Zion is playing at an MVP level and you get all these guys healthy, they could be dangerous in the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like that kid. He's he's He's... Thunder definitely showed their age a little bit, letting them come back at home. They're still there. Yeah. They got to grow, though. But they're going to be good. Sky's the limit. Yeah, sky's the limit for, for OKC. It's nothing new with them. Right. Uh, so, Clay Thompson had a game winner last night against the Kings. The Warriors continue to torment. Like, they haunt the Kings. It's really what sad. is that? Yeah. Can we have them play every night, though? They're the best games. Yeah. There's something about De'Aaron Fox. They're great. It doesn't matter who's on the floor. It's just, first off, it's like a rivalry game. I say rivalry just due to location, mm -hmm. not because it's like... The Warriors win just about every time, but they're amazing games. Yeah. And the series last year went to seven games. Yeah. I mean, Darren Fox had a chance to win the series at the end of, uh, was that game game six? Yeah. Um, 
they're, they're fun games to watch. Um, the Kings are a fun team in general. They play fast pace, got a lot of scores, um, and they just seem to play the Warriors really well. It's just never, it's just never good. It's like enough. Big Brother, Little Brother thing. Yeah, it, it's definitely there. Um, and then they're forty five minutes down the road from each other. Right. So it's it's pretty dope to watch those games play. You almost wish they played each other like twelve times. Yeah. Must watch. Draymond's comment uh, after the game was last year we had an awful team as far as chemistry goes. Last year was horseshit. Hard to come to, hard to come to work. Not fun. <laughs> this year you see the joy on guys' faces when they come into the building. This is a group that likes being around each other. This is a lot of shade thrown at Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> What's going on? What did he do wrong? I mean, it's getting. Can we just let the? It's let uh, it it's go. It's gotta go, man. Jordan just, pulls on the Wizards, throwing it off the backboard uh, when he's down twenty. I, he's doing his own things. Turning first, around. I, I, I want to like to get into that in a second, but uh, the um, yeah, just let it go, man. Yeah. Jordan hasn't said anything about you. Yeah. He hasn't said anything about the Warriors. He's let it go. He's over there doing his. F- Fucking guy, it's a, it is <laughs> what, a, it, he's doing. What you're gonna say? He's doing his thing. What's going on in DC is I, we don't know. I don't know what to call it yet, <laughs> but it's entertainment. But they got their own fucking circus act going on over there. I cannot wait for them to play each other. Just let that happen. Yeah, let that happen. It's either gonna be when they play each other. It's either gonna be Jordan Poole going for forty, or it's gonna be a nasty game for him. Nasty. You kind of want either or. That's all. That's what you're getting. I so I'm, I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. If they like completely shut him down and like just make it really hard on him, like where it's like a lesson, like don't ever understand. Like I would kind of get a kick out of that. I also would get a kick out of Jordan like scoring fifty. It would be must see TV. It would be if, he must, if he's bag. going crazy in his bag because Jordan has his bag is is it's almost I don't want to say it's unlimited, but it's he can do just about everything on the court. Right. It would be fun to watch. I'm not gonna hold you. Um, listen, Jordan's whole thing there was his play style being very undisciplined. You're seeing it right now in D.C. because he doesn't have a Steph, a Draymond, a Kerr, these presence, these guys who really is like, you can't even question them. A Clay, an Iguodala, that's that's not with him anymore. So it's just free range. And you're just kind of seeing the good of that because there's games where Jordan looks really good. And then there's these bad games like where you see like they're losing every game by like 20 or 30. There's no discipline on the floor. There's no defense. Uh, You had... Tyus Jones as a most, most improved. improved yeah. That is, let me tell you something, brother. That ship is. He's not going to win. It doesn't like he's going to win most improved. It's early on, but the Grizzlies do look rough. Oh, they could have used him. They could, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Could, they could. It goes both ways. Now we're learning that when Jaw was out and they were still winning games, we know why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I kind of like Tyus as a backup. I'm not saying he can't be a starting point guard. I just think he fits the backup role in terms of how he plays and how efficient he is. Getting a steady die to him instead of being like a guard that's out there playing 30, 40 minutes, I don't know yet. But he is a really good guard. I wish him nothing but the best in DC. But we could go in and on about the Wizards and but that's who that ain't changed. That's who they were last year. That's who they were now. They don't have any discipline. They play the game kind of a little crazy. Whatever they got going on is what they got going on. Good luck for them, man. The one thing I liked about it is you haven't heard. Jordan say one negative thing for the most part about anybody with the Warriors. Yeah. And he takes all the shit and memes that we talk about him. He don't say nothing. He keeps his mouth shut. And guess what he does the next night? He goes out there and does that fuckery again. <laughs> he launches that shit every time. And he don't give a fuck. And a part of me is just like, I got a lot of respect for this dude, bro. Yeah. He don't give a shit. He don't care. 
That fucking thing where he drove in front of the three-point line and started walking, skipping backwards, and, and launched shot that three-point In my 11 years of playing, <laughs> in my 20-some years of ba- I have never seen someone be that loose I, I, on the basketball court. I've never seen it. Yeah. He don't give a fuck. It hurts him, but it helps him. I'm not here to like say Jordan needs to do this and he'll never listen. I don't, I'm not here to pick apart Jordan Poole. In in some weird way, I really like respect him. I, I really do. Cause in his mind, there ain't nothing you could tell that fucking guy. Yeah. So much so that he was a part of a dynasty. They didn't even want him there. Cause he don't give a fuck. At this point, I respect him. Just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. But Draymond, just let it go. The guy asks you a question, is there a different morale here? I'm like, yeah, definitely. You know, we had a good team last year. We had good chemistry. But it just seems like this year, obviously, you know, we didn't have our best year last year performance-wise. So it seems like this year we're all rejuvenated. Well, I was going to say that Andrew Wiggins missed a lot of last year. And yeah, he was a really it. important we, piece we, of yeah, the championship team. Wiggins and we had a lot going on. And we just, didn't get the full quote, though, so I'm not sure. I, I, no, that was an, you know, it, it's a little true. part they, they, they are taking a little quote from Draymond. Yeah, We'd have to see the because they do, they do that with Draymond a lot. They'll yeah. take one of his quotes and chop it up to where it makes it look like he's throwing shade. But... You could have answered that without being like, man, there's no, there ain't no problems this year. You know, we're happy. Like, bro, you don't even need to be saying that. You know what I mean? Because like, Draymond's like a Hall of Fame player. We know it's different over there right now. And we can see it. And that's why the guy asked the question. We don't need you to allude to it because that's why the guy's asking you the question in the first place. He's, right. he's hoping, he's hoping you say what you just said. Right. He's hoping you say, oh man, it's so much better. Because we know who you're talking about. And it ain't DiVincenzo. <laughs> you know what I mean? We know you're talking about Thanks Jordan. For clearing that up. And 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 Jordan's Jordan hasn't said one fucking thing, man. If you don't like him, you don't like him. If you don't like the way he plays, you don't like the way he plays. Jordan is playing in DC now, man. And whether you agree with his playing style or not, he goes out there, he performs, he does his thing, and he's quiet about it. I don't see Jordan tweeting. I don't see Jordan in the media saying nothing nutty about nobody. He's been mad, quiet, and humble and professional in that matter. And he goes out there and plays his game. I don't understand that point, but I get what he's saying. But it's like, I sometimes things just don't need to be said there. It's already known. Right. That's why Jordan's not there. We're going to have a good luck Chuck moment here. The Timberwolves, they beat, they handed the Nuggets their first loss last night. We've talked about it before. They play them. They we play knew, them. Okay. We, I mean, knew, playoffs, we knew this last year. Yeah. I say we, th- when I was there, if they have Jordan McDaniel, if we had Jaden, we had Jaden McDaniels last year and Nas Reed in the playoffs. Yeah. That series is going seven games. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. I'm not saying we would have beat Denver because they have the best starting lineup in basketball and they have the best player in basketball right now. So I, I'm not saying we would have beat Denver. I'm not going to do that here. I'm just saying it, it wouldn't have been a five-game thing. I think Bruce Brown was when I said that the Timberwolves played them the best out of every, all the series. Yeah, he said that and so did uh, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I was with him all summer. He's like, yo, I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all series... After those first two games where we kind of like handed it to y'all, it changed after that where we were like, man, these fucking guys are playing this tough every we could have lost, we we could have won a couple of those games. Yeah. And we were playing without some of our best players. That's the thing. He was like, bro, if y'all would have had Jaden out there, like Garden Murray, if y'all would have had Nas coming off the bench, bro, we're talking essentially 30, 40 points off the board. Right. You know what I mean? And Jaden's defense. And his def- and a, an elite defender. Like it just so, something to look for. If they end up being the one eight, the two seven, uh, three six, whatever the you know the seating, if they play each other first round, no, that would be a must. That would be a must see playoff. Well, the whole Western Conference is going to be. It is going to be insane. Like that, yeah. I don't think there could be. There's not possibly a bad series to watch. Right. But uh, yeah. Um. Okay. So I have story time. I heard you tell a story the other day, and I actually stopped you in your tracks, and I wanted you to save it for the pod. Talk to me about the AAU Shabazz Napier story. I was the number one player in high school, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, mean, 
I had just got done winning the Super Showcase, which used to, it's not anymore, it used to be one of the biggest tournaments in AAU. It's like the ESPN games, one of the few AAU tournaments where the championship games are on ESPN. It was a big deal. It was played at Disney. We just won. I think after that, I had then booked a ticket to go to like the, remember they used to, the Nike used to have all the skills academies? Right. First off, they need to get back to that. That was dope. But I had just gone to like LeBron James Skills Academy. Like I had been flying all over the place. I ended up getting the flu and we fly home. I'm sick. I'm tired. And there's another tournament called Nationals. Nationals is really important for like the younger group. But as you get older, a lot of top tier talent doesn't play in like Nationals anymore. They, they usually play in the, you know, EYBL, which we, were, which we were already playing in. I had already finished EYBL. Then we did the showcase. Then I'm doing the skills academies. I had the Boost Mobile coming up. I had all this stuff. Like I just, I was done. My team played nationals anyway because they wanted to play the guys who don't usually play. So like me and Brandon Knight, we didn't play. So they even asked us to stay home. They're like, hey, you know, you guys have been flying around doing all this stuff. Why don't you guys stay back? Um, We're going to play the guys who don't get enough shots because you guys are usually hoisting every fucking shot. We're gonna, there's going to be a lot of college coaches still at this tournament. It's a national set Disney, the milk house, where you see all the college coaches lined up. This is a good opportunity for some of these other guys on your team to go play and maybe get a scholarship. We lost like our first two games. And now we're like in a pool play game where we got to win to continue to advance. So I get a call from coach. Mind you, I got the flu. I, he goes, hey, can you, uh, can you come up and you know, play? Or at least watch us, you know. What I mean, just you know, just support your guys. I was like, I'm not really feeling well, but he's like, he's like, man, we, we need to win this game. He's like, we need you to play. He's like, we're playing some team called Boston Metro. Never fucking heard of them. I'm like, okay. So I pull up. I am like, I'm like walking to the gym. People following behind me. I'm like, Jesus Christ! I already know what this is gonna be. We're in warmups. Gym's packing up. It's packed. Packed. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, I came here just to like... You thought you were going to, as a normal player in the nation, sneak into the milk house? I thought I was going to sneak in, just just play, in quiet 30 play a leave. little bit. Like I was going to play 15, 20 minutes, kind of help out, score a little bit. And then coach would just sit me and play the other guys and I could just kind of support them. I don't know what I had going in my mind. It's like a, it, there's an ambient, there's an energy in the air. And people are in there to see me play. And I'm just like, shit, man. I felt like dog shit, bro. Like, I felt sick. What makes it even worse is my dad was in town. He comes in a game. I'm like, fuck. You know what I mean? So, and I know how my pops is. This game starts, bro. And there's this little light-skinned point guard on the other team. I've never fucking heard of the guy. He was ranked like 90th at the time or some shit. So I, I, I didn't fucking know who he was. Shabazz Napier. He starts fucking cooking, bro. I'm talking about, I'm guarding this guy. This guy is frying me, bro. I'm just like, what? The crowd's going nuts. I, and I'm like, I'm <laughs> sick. I don't feel well. I'm trying to go back at him. I ain't hitting shit. This guy's coming down, bing, bing, crossover, split the pick and roll, no look pass. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude, bro? This guy was, bro, he was, and I'm telling you, he was on fire. This guy, he couldn't miss. Obviously, Shabazz grew up to be a great player. <laughs> Went to UConn, national championship, NBA player. Now he's overseas doing his thing. But at the time, he was a little bit more unknown. After that game, I think his ranking jumped like 40 spots. I'm not even kidding. He bro, got his offer from UConn, probably. Bro, he fried us. And like, I had all the homies there, dudes I knew in Orlando. And how did you play? I had like 14 points on like 18 shots. 20 shots. I, I was I was horrendous. Jesus. He had like 47. 47? 
it might have been more. I need. I wish I could hear his side of it. Forty-seven, and, and there ain't no footage of it. <laughs> <laughs> you burn the tapes, and I'm gonna keep it that way, huh? Yeah, no, them, them tapes done, and I hope so. Me putting this out there, I bet someone on his side might have it. If, if Shabazz is listening or hears this, keep them tapes. <laughs> keep them on the wayside, bro. He was out there hitting shots. I'm like, yo, bro. It was. It was. And I remember after the game, we lost. We're now we're out of nationals, or now we're like in pool play, like the the, the bronze bracket. I'm done. I already, I told my coach, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. My dad comes up to me, and he goes, "Just know when you go forward, no one gives you cool points for playing hurt or playing sick because no one cares. No one even knows you're out of sight, out of mind. They just see you playing on the court, so they expect you to play. Don't ever play if you're not going to give your 100." Your excuse or your crutch, no one gives a fuck about and no one feels bad for you. You're the number one player in the nation. You play well. That kid on the other team just fried you. <laughs> and he goes, and he, named, he, he just made a name off himself, a bigger name. And that was a huge learning lesson for me. But that was one of the few times in AAU where I've been like, absolutely, it didn't go my way. I, this dude was, bro, I'm telling you, man, it was, he was torching. He had like 40. I remember I thought it was something. I remember it was like 47, 48. It was something nutty. Like he almost had 50. <laughs> he was going, he was like pulling up two feet in front of half court, like launching and like just cashing. Before it was fashionable. He was just bro, shooting from deep. Cashing, bro. Yeah. And talking shit. That's the thing, too. It wasn't no like quiet. He was over there running his mouth. I'm just like, bro. Bro. And then he just kind of let it go. <laughs> and I try to come back at him. I'm missing. He hit more shots talking shit. I'm like, <laughs> can't do nothing show man. your doctor's note listen I actually have the flu <laughs> I almost wanted to go grab him grab a doctor's note like see <laughs> nah that 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 was a learning lesson for me man uh, nah never again glad I brought that up alright well let's wrap it up you and me are actually gonna go see Dave Chappelle's in Orlando we're really excited you just told me that you're actually gonna oh sit in the front row um, yeah what if what if he points you out is there any chance maybe a hackle oh, situation no. is there like a pick on situation I'm gonna fry his ass right back. No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, you don't have a mic. They don't, no one's gonna it's hear It's a lose lose situation. Yeah, I, if I, if the crowd's not on my side either. If I start trying to make jokes back, you gotta at him, smile and be you cool. You gotta about smile it. and take it. Otherwise, they'll turn against you and he'll get meaner. He'll get yeah. more mean. You start talking shit back to someone like that who makes a living off of being a joke. Bro, most comedians, you, you notice, they're either short, fat, or usually not the best looking guys. They were made fun of their entire life. They're undefeated. I always tell people do not get in a roast battle with someone, the ugly guy. I'm not saying Dave Chappelle's <laughs> ugly, but don't ever do that. Yeah, they've been getting joked on their whole life. They're undefeated. They have they have jokes in bags for days, bro. Think about all the funny people you know. They're usually like the goofy guys, the goofy looking guys. Those guys have been cracked on their whole life. Eventually, they're like, okay, if this is going to be my life, I'm I'm going to have some something back. Yeah, I'm average looking, so you think I'm average funny? Where do I land? It on always that? comes back to you. <laughs> it always comes back to you. Jesus Christ! No, in all seriousness, now I, I I love Dave Chappelle. He's a fucking legend. No, I'm really. I excited. hope he doesn't pick on me. I'm just hoping he's not like throwing juice, jewel smoke in my face. I'm first row here. First off, I, I'm very paranoid about these tickets. I got these tickets. Why'd you go row A? Jeez, <sighs> blend in. You know what, man? That's a good question. Is he the goat uh, yes. comic for you? Uh I grew up on Eddie Murphy. Was like my guy growing up. Yeah, but I would say him. I'm putting Chappelle one. People before my time would probably put Richard. Jesus, our producer's telling me I'm going to be roasted. I'm going to be on TikTok. For, you know, the good thing is they take phones at Chappelle's concert. Yeah. It'll just be word of mouth. But you're not going to say anything. And you're going to take it. If he brings you up or I'm say, a good sport, man. Yeah. If someone's like, especially a comedian, I would just sit there and laugh. I'm excited. He's, he, I've seen him before. He's unreal. I've seen him do it. You know, we were at Delilah one time. Or, yeah, and he just kind of walked in. We didn't know he was going to do it. And 
kind of walked in. It was like a surprise thing, and he killed it. His show, right? He'll just start like mm, he just he's ta- it's more storytelling and talking, but but he's so good at it though. Yeah. Afterwards, you feel like you were a part of something yeah, really cool, man. and like you don't he, know how much longer he's gonna go. This guy already disappeared on us before. <laughs> got the crazy Netflix money, so we don't know how many you know go arounds he's gonna do. He, no, that guy might. He's the type that like gets some money for another year or two and disappear. Yeah, he. I don't know how many times he's gonna come back to Orlando, Florida. So I'm glad for, we're going. No, no, yeah, I'm glad we're going to. It's gonna be fun. This was an interesting pod. I actually like this different energy in here. It worked out well for us. Yeah. Crispy Wi-Fi. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep wanting to do it in here. Cut the May where the flight or fifty cut the May where the fight because my satellite was crispy. Uh-huh. Do you even know that line? Who said yeah, that? Yeah, it's uh, um, Jay Z, uh, Drake, Light Up. Hey, like that. Whoa, just because I, I mean, you know, I know like a little bit of hip hop. Fifty cut the May where the flight yeah. the satellite was crispy. Well, wasn't a chance for you to do it twice. Uh, all right. Uh, we will see you all next Tuesday for another episode, man. And make sure you go on the Off Guard feed. Yeah, we have our own feed. And make sure you like, subscribe, follow, rate us five stars, uh, wherever you get your pods. Y'all have a safe weekend. Enjoy it. We'll see y'all soon. Yeah, the game I'm looking for this week, really quick, I just want to say, the Mavericks have had a nice little schedule. And um, they are playing in Denver Friday night. So Ooh, that will be something to watch. We're going to be talking about yeah. on Tuesday's Talk pod, about that so. next week. All right. All right, y'all. Be easy. <laughs>